This podcast is sponsored by Monarch Money. Are you saving to reach your financial goals? Reaching those goals isn't just about getting more money, but by managing what you have. And the best way to manage your money? Monarch Money. Monarch Money is a new kind of finance app that's intuitive, powerful, ad-free, and takes the headaches out of budgeting. Try it free when you go to monarchmoney.com slash podcast. Monarch puts all your accounts, investments, transactions, and finances at your fingertips. With a complete view of your finances, you'll gain insights on your spending and find new ways to save. Plus, Monarch lets you customize your dashboard, collaborate with your partner, set custom budgets and goals, and track your progress toward them. See why Mint users are turning to Monarch Money and loving it, and why the Wall Street Journal named Monarch Money the best budgeting app overall. Get a 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash podcast. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H money.com slash podcast for your free trial. monarchmoney.com slash podcast. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Well, the Democrats are demanding systemic change now that Joe Manchin has killed their Build Back Better Bolshevik plan. Good evening. This is the Mark Levin Show. The great one is off tonight. It's me, Rich Zioli from Mark's hometown of Philadelphia with you. Great to be with you, fellow Levinites. Uh, Joe Manchin, the last sane Democrat in America. Maybe one of the last few anyway. Uh, But how long will he stay a Democrat is the question. How long will he stay a Democrat now that he's killed Build Back Better, as they call it? A couple thoughts on this. Number one, uh, the reaction from Democrats is to say, ha, see, we told you. We told you this republic thing we have doesn't work. You know, this republic thing, this crazy, crazy way of, uh, of governing where we don't have mob rule. It doesn't work anymore. It never worked. It was just a plan by a bunch of white supremacists to put in place. And it doesn't work. I'll give you an example of this. Sherilyn Eiffel tweeting out earlier today, Mansion is mansion. But what kind of healthy democracy is structured in a way that, that can allow one man elected by 290,000 voters in one of the least populous states to thwart the agenda of his party and the president who was elected with 81 million votes. Now, I have news for Representative Eiffel. This is exactly how the system is supposed to work. Joe Manchin is there to represent his state of West Virginia, and his state of West Virginia does not want this crazy socialist spending. That's going to lead America further down the road of Marxism. They don't want it. His people don't want it. They don't want the United States of America deciding to go to war on some of the very resources that the state of West Virginia provides because of climate change. They don't want it. And Joe Manchin is representing his state. And that's the way it's supposed to be. Because senators are not just supposed to run for president. They're actually supposed to fight for their states. And what's the best interest of their state? Now what's in the best interest of their party. Now what's in the best interest of their president. What's in the best interest of the state that they represent in the United States Senate. That's how it started. That's how the Republic was founded, on that very concept. Then, of course, the 17th Amendment came along and changed all that by deciding that we were going to turn senators into the biggest grandstanders on the planet when they get up and pontificate and basically do nothing other than run for president. That's their entire job. But Joe Manchin knows this is unpopular in West Virginia. But here's the thing about Democrats right now. They, they want the entire system changed, Because they can't get their way. Like children, they now want to tear it all down. And they've been like this for a long time. 
But think about who the most powerful Democrat in America is right now. It's Bernie Sanders, the chairman of the Senate Budget Committee, who's a who's a red. I mean, Bernie the red. He's a he's a he's a devout communist. He's a he's a socialist. He used to hide him in the back. You know, crazy Uncle Bernie. Shh, don't let him come around the the kids. Let's keep him keep him in the back. Now he's the chairman of the Budget Committee. You see how much things have changed. He's now the guy that shares the committee that deals with the money. And there's nothing more important than the committee that deals with the money. Nothing. So there's Bernie. And Bernie and Alexandria Gascortez and the squad and all these other people who are the socialists, they are the Democrat Party today. Joe Manchin's the outlier. Joe Manchin's one guy fighting this entire establishment of socialists in the Democrat Party. And maybe you voted for Joe Biden. Maybe you thought you were getting a moderate. Probably not you if you're listening to The Mark Levin Show, but maybe you have a friend. Maybe you have a friend who is like that, a friend who maybe turned around and said, you know what, I can't, I don't like Trump's tweets. I'm going to vote for Biden. Biden's a big moderate. Ah, he's a big moderate. Yeah, not so much. Not so much. We warned you. We told you. Biden's not a moderate. He's not going to govern like a moderate. And he's not going to be governing at all. He's going to be, people are going to pull his strings further to the left Every single time. And that's exactly what they're doing now on this plan of what Joe Manchin stopped. The bigger problem is not this bill in and of itself. It's what the Democrats want to do in response to this bill. And it's what they've always wanted to do. It's the following. Number one, get rid of the filibuster. So many times today, Democrats were on TV screaming about the problem with the filibuster. It's racist. It's sexist. It's a relic of old white slave owning men. I mean, they keep saying the same stuff over and over again. You've heard it a million times. Same thing with just the rules of the Senate. How is it one guy can stop all this? One man from this barely populated state of West Virginia, where all they do down there is whitewater raft and go hunting for squirrels or whatever it is they do. That's what the Democrats are thinking. How dare he fight for his state and his constituents in that state? How come he's not joining with us? And how can one state stop all this progress? That's the other thing they hate, too. And the fundamental change I want to make to America is to make sure that a state like West Virginia can't stop the progress that New York and California embrace. And they've always thought this way. It's why they hate the Electoral College. It's the exact same reason. They want to get rid of that, too. So they want to get rid of the filibuster, get rid of the Electoral College. Because why should small states that don't have a lot of people, why should they get a say in the, in the matter? Why should they get a say in the process? I mean, think about this tweet from Sherilyn Eiffel. Mansion is mansion, but what kind of healthy democracy is structured in a way that can allow one man elected by 290,000 voters in one of the least populous states to thwart the agenda of his party and the president who was elected with 81 million votes? We need structural change. Structural change is code, of course, for America's racist. And they hate capitalism. And it's also it's structural change means to destroy capitalism as well. And the Bill of Rights and the Constitution because these things restrain them. What kind of healthy democracy, she asked, we're not a democracy, we're a republic form of government, as you know. But they hate that because they want mob rule and a republic form of government restrains the mob, restrains the majority, gives the minority voices equal say in the matter, protects the states if they're not heavily populated gives them a say in the process, too, because the states created the federal government and the small states did, too. Like Delaware, Joe Biden's home state. 
And they wanted to make sure, for example, well, one of his home states, he keeps changing his, sometimes it's Pennsylvania. See, where I broadcast from a WPHT in Philly, I hear all the time, he's from Scranton, he's from this place. Sometimes it's Delaware. It really depends on his mood, whatever it suits him. Sometimes he was a truck driver. Sometimes he worked in the coal mines. Sometimes he was just, he was a lifeguard. He was at the pool. He was fighting corn pop. It just depends on the day. But let's prove, Joe Biden's state now that he lives in, is a state of confusion, but it's the, the state of Delaware also, where he is now. And the state of Delaware is a small state, and states like Delaware wanted to make sure that they had an equal say. They had a voice at the table. But now, what they want to do is just shut down the ability of any one state to say, this is what our state needs. This is what we want. This is what we need. And Joe Manchin says, hey, look, I negotiate in good faith with these people, but they wouldn't, you know, they kept, they kept, I told them, I'm not going to go down this road of cradle-to-grave socialism. When they take care of you from when you get out of the womb, if you survive, all the way up to death, I'm not going to deal with it. No. And they kept they kept pressing. So he's out. And he said the White House staff did this. And, of course, the White House staff did it because they're in charge. Joe Biden's not in charge. So obviously, the White House staff did it. Duh, they're the ones running the show. They're running the White House. But isn't it something, though, when you see the reactions and watch this, you'll see. I mean, whether it's Alexandra Cortez or it's Bernie Sanders or it's Sherilyn Eiffel or it's, it's whoever, all the voices you're going to hear is going to be the same thing. We need change because this guy should not be able to stop all this progress. And every Democrat should be on board. And who the hell do you think you are saying no to your party and your president? Who do you think you are? How dare you? How dare you stand up for what's right for your state? You're supposed to abandon whatever your state wants and just do what we want you to do. They really do believe that. Part of what they're changing of America has to do with, and I always say, you know, they want to get rid of the founding fathers. They hate the founders. They hate the framers of the Constitution because they're the ones who restrain them. And if they can paint them as horrible people and then they can get rid of the documents that they wrote, the Bill of Rights and the Constitution, and they can start over that structural change, then they can just run the table on all this stuff. And that's ultimately what their goal is here. D.C. statehood. How many times have you heard them talk about D.C. statehood? You know that D.C. would give them two more U.S. senators. It'd be very, very blue, very blue place. So let's see. You get rid of the Electoral College. You destroy the filibuster. You give D.C. statehood. Those three things right there will ensure the Democrats are in power in perpetuity, and you can't do anything to slow them down or stop them. And the problem, of course, is that they're very, very close to achieving all of this. Joe Manchin's a relic. Put Joe Manchin into a museum and put him on display and say, the last sane Democrat. That's what you can call it. Like a piece of art. This is Joe Manchin. He's the last sane Democrat. He's the guy that thought it would be best if he actually went and advocated for the state that sent him to the United States Senate, just like it was supposed to be, where senators were there to advocate for their states and Every state, no matter what size it was, got two. Two U.S. senators to fight on their behalf. Oh, does that drive the left crazy? How dare, why should West Virginia get the same number of senators as New York or California when they got all those people there? Because for them, it's about mob rule. It's always, it always has been, it always will be. And like every other radical on the planet, these kind of radicals know that what they're selling the American people is actually not popular with the American people? It's not. It's not. I mean, you ask the average person today going to this grocery store what they care about. It's not build back better. It's paying for their the cost of food. I went food shopping today. I can't believe it. I was going to make crab cakes for, for just because I love crab cakes. 
I love crabs. And I was going to make crab cakes, but the little thing of crab meat, because it's U.S. crab. I don't buy that Fugazi Thailand crab. No, it's U- real U.S. crab meat from the Chesapeake Bay. 60 bucks. And it wasn't even jumbo lump crab meat. It was lump crab meat, $60. I used to pay maybe 20 bucks for that. It's insane. This is what most people care about. But the problem is, from the Democrats, they think that they they think they speak for the vast supermajority of America because they're in very blue districts. And in those districts, they have the majority, no doubt. And the states, California, New York and Illinois and all these other wacky places and Michigan. And so they're all doing the same thing. They're they're assuming that everybody's all in on their plans. See, Joe Manchin doesn't just represent West Virginia. He represents really America. Because what, what, what the people of West Virginia feel is the exact same way the people of Pennsylvania feel and the people of uh, so many other states feel, which is you can't spend another $6 trillion. You can't expand government more. You can't pile $3 trillion more on top of the national debt. I've got to deal with – I can barely afford to feed my children right now and get them Christmas presents. And, and the answer is cut back. You know, just cut back. No. See, the American people see through this nonsense. They really do. And Joe Manchin's a smart guy. And standing up to them is the best thing he can do, not only for his state of West Virginia, but for the entire country. He's actually doing the best thing he can for America right now. But he's a relic. And when he's gone, he's gone. And I don't know what happens after that. These people are getting dangerously close to running the table on all of us. 877-381-3811. This is the Mark Levin Show. It's me, Rich Zioli, in for the great one, coming right back. Mark Levin. In today's digital age, where cyber threats loom larger than ever, safeguarding your personal information is paramount. So why is Congress considering a law that could put your credit card data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? This Durbin Marshall credit card bill could jeopardize your financial data, make it more susceptible to cyber intrusions. It's a controversial bill that proposes a shift in billions of dollars worth of consumer transactions to payment networks that lack the robust security measures consumers rely on. Who could possibly want that? Well, the answer, woke corporate megastores seeking to inflate their multi-billion dollar profit margins. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill will undermine our safe and convenient payment systems and endanger your data security. It's time to take a stand. Visit electronicpaymentscoalition.org. Make your voice heard. Tell your senators to oppose the radical Durbin Marshall credit card bill paid for by the Electronic Payments Coalition. And, you know, the White House, of course, blasting Senator Joe Manchin as the entire left is blasting him. And he said, look, I tried. I tried to get through these people. I couldn't get through to them because they don't want to get through to them. They they wanted what they wanted, which is this incredible amount of spending and transformation of America, transforming America and your relationship with America. I mean, literally government being involved in your life at every stage of your life. Remember, Joe Biden wants to be bigger than FDR. He does. He wants to be bigger than FDR. He's told people that he's told biographers that. And even if he doesn't remember exactly what he thought of five minutes ago, they remember. The people around him remember. You know, there's this moment, I'll play the clip for you a little bit later in the show, but there's this interview that Kamala Harris does with this radio host named Charlemagne the God. And Charlemagne the God says to Kamala Harris, he says, um, who's president here? Who's president? Is it is it Joe Manchin or Joe Biden? And she gets very offended. She's very upset. 
when Charlamagne the God was asking was, well, I mean, who's who's got the power here? Is it the president or Joe Manchin? But she goes on about how Joe Biden's really the president. And the way I read that is she knows he's really not. It's other people calling the strings. Ron Klain, the chief of staff, whoever. But it's not Biden. But either way, they duped a lot of people into thinking Biden was going to be this big moderate. This build back better nonsense. There's nothing moderate about this. Trillions and trillions of dollars on top of the trillions and trillions of dollars that they spent on all the other stuff. So now it's dead for temporarily dead. Temporarily dead. I'm not convinced it's dead because I don't think anything in that party ever dies, whether it's Nancy Pelosi or it's this legislation. I think things just t- tend to live forever with the Democrats. And so I'm not I'm not as optimistic as everybody else is. That this thing is really dead. I don't know. Just something something tells me that there this isn't over yet. I hope I'm wrong. 877-381-3811 here on the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich Zioli, in for the great one if you want to weigh in tonight. And if you think about the reaction by the American people today to the to the destruction of Build Back Better, eh, crickets. And all the media talks about is Omicron now. That's it. Which is now they're saying that now it's now the dominant strain in America, which I don't really maybe I'm missing something. But isn't that good news? From my perspective, it's good news. They said that Omicron is a weaker variant than Delta. So if if Omicron takes over Delta as the as the 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 main variant, isn't that a good thing for the country? They said in South Africa that they have not seen deaths and hospitalizations because of Omicron. But tomorrow the president's going to speak and he's going to announce, I've heard, and I don't know if this is true. He's going to announce that you can't fly without it, without being vaccinated. I hope I hope that's not the case. And he'll I mean, they'll sue him and they should sue him. Take him to court over this. These vaccine mandates are so stupid and they're so unconstitutional and they don't work. Do you know today it was announced the New York State Commissioner of Health just tested positive for covid. She, like everybody else who's getting this Omicron strain, it's mild symptoms, but she tested positive for it and she left her the office and she's going to go and hibernate for 14 weeks or whatever it is. But the point is that you talk about irony. She's the health commissioner who's in charge of now overseeing the vaccine mandate in the state of New York. And she's vaccinated and boosted. And she got covid because the vaccines don't stop people from getting covid. They don't stop transmission. They don't. Vaccinated people are giving it to other vaccinated people. And yet tomorrow, the president of the United States is going to come out and announce something that's going to take away liberty. But hopefully, like his vaccine mandate in the workforce, it'll be shot down in court. The problem, though, is that that's not dead either. Just like I told you, these things never really die. They always just kind of percolate. That's back now, the vaccine mandate, till hopefully it isn't anymore. But, you know, whether it's Biden or Fauci or these other people, it's just they love the control. They really do. They love the control and Omicron and the case numbers. And they keep going to the case numbers and they love doing that. But think about how that ties into build back better for a second. Think about it, how that ties into build back better. Biden's big signature plan. It's the same thing. It's government taking care of you your entire life and government controlling so many aspects of your life. And they love it. That's what they love. But the average American today was focused on paying for Christmas dinner. I'm telling you, the prices of food are out of control. I was looking at stuff today, and I i, I mean, I just had to put it back down. I picked it up, and I put it back down because I can't can't buy it. I mean, it's insane what's happening right now. All right, we got, we got more to say. I want to hear from you tonight on the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich Zioli, in for the great one. 877-381-3811. Build Back Better is dead, but for how long? Don't go away. The cost of freedom is high, but this phone call is not. 
Call Mark Levin toll-free at 877-381-3811. What this plan would have done would have uh, radically transformed your relationship with government. And that's what the left wants, obviously. Fundamental transformation. They don't hide from it. This is the Mark Levin Show. The great one is off tonight. 877-381-3811. It is me, Rich Zioli, from Mark's hometown of Philadelphia. WPHT, where I do the morning show. Yeah, you know, and, and by the way, in, uh, in in Philly now, there's a vaccine mandate, which is which is ridiculous. I mean, the, all these vaccine mandates are ridiculous, but think think of the places where they have them, too. They have vaccine mandates in place with, with little petty tyrants that love mandates and love control over you. And the vaccines are not stopping transmission of the variant of the virus. And yet we have mandates because they love to have control. And that's really the essence of what Build Back Better is. Joe Manchin might have just sunk the Biden presidency today. Good. But here's you got to remember, though, you got to remember this. Democrats knew they were going to lose in midterms anyway. They knew this. The polling data shows them this. There's no chance they're going to get obliviated. They were still pushing Bill Back Better through. Why? Because it's popular? No. Because what they care about is transformation more than anything else. Transformation of America. Fundamental systemic change. They hate this country. They really do. I don't know. I'm not saying Joe Manchin hates this country. I'm saying that the progressive kooks hate this country, the Marxists, the socialists, the very people that are the ones who are hating of Joe Manchin today hate America, too. In their mind, America is a place that is designed to protect a bunch of white dudes with money. That's what they think. A bunch of white dudes with money. And that's entirely why America was founded. You know, there's even I don't know if you've noticed this lately. There are more and more articles being written defending King George III. I kid you not. The other day I'm sitting there and I'm, and I'm looking through something and I see this headline. And it said something to the effect of, was King George III that bad of a guy? No, not at all. They had it wrong. He was a great guy. It, it, it's, it's all part of the design of if you can go back to the fundamental founding of the country and you can undo that because of a bunch of. White dudes with money who were slave owners, and and they booted out the the nice guy, King George the Third. He was a nice guy, you see, not a bad guy. He wasn't a tyrant like Thomas Jefferson said he was. He's a nice guy, a good man, misunderstood, and history is judging him the wrong way. Nice guy, good guy. That's that's the whole plan. It's it's, it's shut down the National Archives, sell it, take it all away, start over, start fresh, and give the majority their way in everything. Make DC a state. Puerto Rico, too, if they need to. But, you know, that's a little riskier. So just stick with D.C. Two senators, get rid of the filibuster, get rid of the Electoral College, run the tables. America will be you'll never will never recognize America again. That's exactly what they want. That is their plan. Joe Biden, Joe Manchin's standing in the way, but he's a relic who won't be there that long. And they know that. And these are very patient people like all radicals. They're patient. They know it could take a thousand years, but they'll get there eventually. They're just laying the groundwork. All of this is about laying the groundwork. 877-381-3811. Let's get to your reaction. Let's start with, um, let's see, Cameron is in Lebanon, Ohio. Uh, Cameron, you're on the Mark Levin Show. Hi, how are you doing? Very well, thanks for the call. Can you hear me okay? Sure can. Oh, thank you. Um, shout out, I'm a West Virginia native, so extremely proud native here and i really thank joe manchin for actually actually he seems to be doing more than the republican party <laughs> yeah I know that's a little far-fetched but he's one one person standing out um well, i remember though the republicans like, in this in this instance didn't they couldn't there was nothing they could do this was all him but, yeah I mean, but i do understand your I, point one thing i 
Yeah, I, I do want to. I want to get to a point of where with with Fauci, and I know Rand Paul, and I don't know if many people know he's a he's a physician. I really appreciate his work. Where's the movement to get that fake Fauci out of office? He's dangerous, and this sounds extreme, but I think he is one of the most evil people we've seen in generations because I'm maybe one of these conspiracy people, but I know I'm a veterinarian. I'm a doctor. I know one, these vaccines aren't truly, I mean, they're biologics. They are using our DNA to make protein, not truly make antibodies directly like a vaccine should, but his experimentation and the things that he's pushing for, putting literally poison in our children that's what sets me off to know. And, and I, I, well, as a veterinarian, I'm I know, sure you're probably Warren set Davidson. off by, uh, by his experiments on dogs. Thank you for the call, Cameron. Appreciate it. 877-381-3811. All of Fauci's dog experiments, which escaped the media scrutiny. Uh, Eric, is uh, let's actually let's go to Nicole in Laurel, Montana. Hey, Nicole, you're on the Mark Levin Show. Hey, I just wrote Joe Manchin a thank you card, and I think other people should, too. <laughs> Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, thank God for him because he stopped this for now. Yeah. I just hope that they don't try to do it with executive order. Well, whatever they can do with executive order, they certainly will. Nicole, thank you for the call. 877-381-3811. Let's see. Cal is in Kansas. Hey, Cal, you're on the Mark Levin Show. Hi, Rich. How are you doing tonight? Very well, Cal. How are you doing tonight? What? (laughs) Well, I just got off trying to talk to a progressive host, and uh, what well, I why would you do that was, to yourself? You're not going to you're not going to change these people's minds. They don't listen. Absolutely, all they do is shout you down. Even when you bring up legitimate points, and you say, "Okay, now prove me wrong," all they want to do is shout you down. Are there some good points in Build Back Better? Yes, but, and here's the big but. It's all the other crap that's in there that they don't want to tell you about. Like the 80,000 IRS agents to look at all our checking accounts. Or you know, the, the expansion of the IRS under this provision is something that should terrify everybody. For all their defund the police nonsense, Democrats love big federal police forces, don't they? Absolutely. And one of the unique advantages I have, I've either lived in or been through Every state in the continental United States. I've lived in blue states. I've lived in red states. And you can absolutely see the difference between red and blue states. The red states are definitely doing much better than the blue states. And these are states that have been under Democratic control for years and years and years, like Illinois. I lived in San Diego, California for a while. Back in the early... The late 60s, it was beautiful. I wouldn't go there now if you paid me to go there. Yeah, well, listen, you're not alone. Hey, Cal, thanks for the call. Appreciate it. Thanks for calling the Mark Levin Show. I was talking to a buddy of mine the other day, and he he was from Jersey. I mean, he's from Texas, actually, but he lived in Jersey, and he was working in the in the entertainment industry. So he was commuting from North Jersey to New York two hours a, 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 each way, each way on a bus. And he's shoveling snow, and he says, you know what? I've had it enough of this. Moves down to Austin, Texas. Like, a lot of people are moving down to Austin, Texas now. And he said to me, he said, Rich, this is what Hollywood was like in the 1920s. And all these different entertainment people down, coming down here, podcasters and other people. 
they want to get out of the Northeast and they also want to get out of California too because of the taxes, the crime, and it just, people have had enough of it. And I think the control too. Where I am right now, just a few minutes ago before I came on the air, more stories of schools by me deciding to go remote again. Why? For what purpose? It, because they, it's panic is what it is. Somehow Florida's managed to keep their schools open this entire time. But this is now, again, public schools in New Jersey with the whole, well, we might have to go virtual. Well, we may have to do this, we may have to do that. I'm telling you, these people love control. But think about where Joe Manchin stands in, in, in the line of the Democrats right now. And think of other Democrats as midterm elections come around the corner. What do you think these Democrats do if they're in Pennsylvania or they're in Jersey or they're in some of these other places where they're, they could go? They, these are swing districts. And the Northeast has a lot of these. What do these Democrats do right now? Do they do they double down on the radicalism? Do they try to pretend like they're moderates? Isn't it interesting how the absolute power Bernie Sanders and the others have over the modern Democrat Party today that only Joe Manchin was coming out against this and Kirsten Sinema to a degree. But it's it's this comes down to one or two people and that's it in the Democrat Party. May not be reflective of the Democrats you know, certainly reflective of the Democrats who are in power, is it not? Where have the moderate Democrats gone? They don't exist because the party fundamentally doesn't exist anymore. You know how many calls there are for people to get rid of Joe Manchin out of the Democrat Party today? The kind of things that are being said on Twitter. Bette Midler. <laughs> slamming Joe Manchin because he represents a population smaller than Brooklyn. See, for them, it's all about population, all about population, all about the majority, all about the whims of the mob, all about that. That's what it is. That's what they're showing. That's entirely for them. How dare this guy with his bunch of whitewater rafting hicks? How dare he stop this? Where have all the moderate Democrats gone? Do they exist anymore? Can they get elected? Can they really? Can they? And we're about to have primaries in 2022. We're about to have primaries, and, and the battle for the nomination is going to go hard left in the Democrat Party. You're, you're not going to have people standing up there and going, hey, you know what, here's, here's the thing. we got to bring the party back to the center now. We've got to swing the pendulum. It's going to be a battle for who's more left in, in every single race, at least in parts of the country anyway. Democrats are going to battle over that. Because in these primaries, people go to the extremes. So... I mean, good luck if you think they're going to wind up you know, nominating moderates to run. They're not going to do that because they're not a moderate party anymore. Uh, let us see. Jeremy is in Salt Lake City, Utah. Hey, Jeremy. Love Salt Lake City. Love Utah. How you doing? I uh, love it a lot here, too. And uh, I'm just thinking that uh, we're, we're sort of playing into their hand and their, uh, their line on this one a little bit by, um, like, following the line that Manchin is, representative of, of such a small population. Yes, indeed, he represents a small state. Um, however, he is joined by 50 Republicans. That's the reason that the bill won't pass, is that it's 51 senators voting against it. Um, and so, really, he's representing, he's joining a group that effectively represents, what, about 170 million of us. So, it is the majority. And I think they're, they're trying to play it off as Look at how these, these so little what? people... What if it was 17 million? Would that change anything? I mean, oh, either well, we're playing uh, their game or not. You're telling me that we're falling into their hands. I think you are by acting, by pretending like, oh, it is the majority that matters. Is it? Or is it what's best for the country and the state he represents as a senator? 
it's it's what's best for his uh, for his state. Um, but exactly, he's, he's not a senator. Acting. His job is to advocate for what's best for his state. Right. I don't care if three hundred million people were for Build Back Better. If his state doesn't want it, if it's bad for West Virginia, his job as a senator, he's there to fight for West Virginia and the constituents and the interests of West Virginia. Period. That's his job. It's why he's a senator. It's why the Senate was created. All right. Thank you for the call, Jeremy. Appreciate it. Eight seven seven three eight one three eight one one. I'm just saying. I don't want. I don't want to play their game in in reverse. I've seen this on Twitter too. Well, if you add up all the fifty million, the doesn't. It's not the point. We don't play this game of who's got more. We 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 do or they. We're not going to play that game of majority rules. We are not a democracy. We are a republic. I don't care if you add up all the other 50 senators and Joe Manchin and it equals 306 million people. That's not the point. We don't do things based on majority rule. What Joe Manchin is doing is what the Senate is supposed to do. Advocate for his state. That's why it was created. You know, when and we I mean, you know this, you're a smart person. You're a listener to The Mark Levin Show. The Senate was never supposed to be about the popular vote. When it was started, the states decided how they would pick their own senators. Because the job was to advocate for the state. And then all of a sudden, 17th Amendment comes along, it's popular vote. Now all these guys stand up there and they grandstand all the time. If if every senator actually advocated for their state, think of how different things would be. And some of the provisions of this bill would have destroyed industries in West Virginia. Destroyed them. Natural gas, coal, destroyed these industries. How many senators really give a damn actually about what's best for their state versus what's best for their party or what's best for the majority or what's best for this. I mean, this is a classic case of a, a the, the small R Republican form of government. This is federalism at its best. A guy who's saying, nah, not good for my people. No, not going to do it. No. These So many of these grandstanding senators, what they care about is they care about going on to higher office. Joe Manchin doesn't want to run for president. He's not interested in that. He's interested in doing what's best for West Virginia. And they hate him for it. Because this you have to understand, fundamentally, the left does not believe that what matters for a state should ever matter. They don't they hate the 10th Amendment. They don't like states' rights. It should be federal rule and it should be mob rule, quite frankly, always with them. They I mean California and New York should run the table on things. So I'm just saying, I I think it's important to remember what this fight is about here. This is a guy who's fighting for his state, his job as a senator to fight for, defend, advocate for what is best for West Virginia. And in doing so, he's also helping us. He's also helping the country, which is fantastic. 877-381-3811 here on the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich Zioli, in for the great one, coming right back. Mark Levin. It is the Mark Levin Show. Great to have you with us tonight. 877-381-3811. Let me go to Jimmy in Philadelphia, Mark's hometown, and where I broadcast from every day. Jimmy. Rich, what's happening, buddy? What's up, Jimmy? You're doing a good job filling in. Doing a good job tonight filling in for the great one, pal. Thank you, sir. So, I definitely, I agree with you. If Joe Manchin is not doing what's best for his state, then he is failing to 
you know, uphold his oath as a sworn senator for that state, without a doubt. Yeah, it's the job. The job is to advocate for your state. That's exactly right. It's exactly right. You do anything else, you're letting the people of your state down. They're not getting representation full. As far as Jersey goes, so I'm ashamed to say I did move to Jersey while I went from Philly. But uh, what what do you think is going to happen with the state? You think uh, King Phil is going to shut things down (laughs) again or what? Well, King Philip the Unaccountable shut down the state. Uh, you know, it's hard to predict with this guy, but I think something's coming. He, he's been teasing capacity limits and teasing this. And so, so, remember, he wants to run for president, too. And he's got to show that he's very proactive on COVID, Jimmy. You know, they love that in the party. They love to see these guys make all kinds of totalitarian decisions. So if he's going to compete with Gavin Newsom, uh, he's got to do some lockdowns, I think. I really hope not, man. Uh, we just got back to work. I, I DJ at a local casino, and, uh, you know, I, I hate to be out again. I mean, thank God I do work during the day, but, you know, that's great extra income, and I, I really hope they don't shut it down again. Jimmy, hang in there, brother. God bless, and thanks for the call. I appreciate it. 877-381-3811. Yeah, a lot of people are feeling that way, uh, no doubt. No doubt. And for what reason, too, when you consider that Omicron is a much more mild variant than Delta, and it's now the dominant strain. But I'll get into that, too. But look, all you need to know to back up the point that I was making is what the West Virginia Chamber of Commerce said when they came out today supporting Manchin's decision to vote no on Build Back Better. Why? Because the bill is bad for West Virginia. It's bad for America, too. It's really bad for his state. This is the Mark Levin Show. we got Big Hour 2 coming right up. Don't go away. here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. It is the Mark Levin Show. The great one is off tonight. It's Rich Zioli from Mark's hometown of Philadelphia. Great to be with you, 877-381-3811. Yeah, you know, the point of Joe Manchin fighting for his state, it just it can't be lost. It really can't. And I and I it's so important to think about the idea of what a job what the job of a United States senator is supposed to be. And I understand, I do, I get it. I mean, the, the country is not with these whack jobs. It, they're not. They're not. And and so I'm glad that Joe Manchin has taken a stand against the lunacy of his own party. I really am. I'm very happy about that. But but here's the problem though. The, the problem is that Joe Manchin is fighting for his state because this bill was really, really bad for his state. And that's not being talked about enough because we've forgotten what the job of the U.S. senator is. We have to go back to why we have the Senate in the first place. It's not to advocate for the for the majority. It's to advocate for the state. It's why the states sent their representatives to Washington and decided the the way they would get there. 17th Amendment changed all that. And I think America, it's one of the one of the things in the Convention of States that we want to change. You know, part of the Convention of States project would be to to return the Senate to to what it's supposed to be, which is an entity that the job is to fight and advocate for what is is best for the state. That's the job. It's what they're supposed to do. Here's how you know that Joe Manchin did what right by his state and then by the country, too. 
The West Virginia Chamber of Commerce came out in strong support of Senator Joe Manchin's declaration he will not support the Build Back Better Act. They said recent polling reveals a large majority of West Virginia voters oppose certain aspects of the bill. And the West Virginia Chamber of Commerce has identified the plan as a tax, regulate and spend plan. And they did a town hall. They did they did town hall meetings, teletown halls with thousands of West Virginians who had the opportunity to speak and ask questions. And they said not one person who spoke wanted Build Back Better to pass. Not one. West Virginia Chamber President Steve Roberts said, quote, Senator Manchin has made the best possible decision for our state and nation. The bill specifically hurts our West Virginia energy production and pointedly raises taxes on natural gas, which is vital to our well-being and is an important ingredient in many manufacturing processes. The bill favored out-of-state auto and truck manufacturers and hurt our own in-state producers. It seriously undermined our child care services and specifically negatively targeted the church-based providers who gave us 53% of our nation's child care services. Now, I want you to contrast that with what one of the senators from the state of Pennsylvania did. The lesser Casey, Bob Casey. What Sleepy Casey did, and this guy is always asleep, is, is he supported this bill, even though the very things that hurt West Virginia hurt Pennsylvania, too. I mean, think about it. The bill, this bill, Build Back Better, hurts West Virginia's energy production, raising taxes on natural gas. Does the same thing in Pennsylvania, and yet Casey was for it. Why? Because he's not an advocate for Pennsylvania. He's an ad- advocate for the Democrats. He's an advocate for 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 liberalism, progressivism, and what his party wants. He's not an advocate for his state. If he was, he'd be against this. Pennsylvania is not a state that makes a lot of green cars. And it's a state that has a lot of energy, as it's also very, very key point of its of its economy. And yet Casey was all in on this. This is what I mean about the role of what a U.S. senator is supposed to be. According to statements from Senator Joe Manchin, He has significant concerns about the bill further driving an inflationary spiral, which respected economists identified as a likely outcome if it were to pass. Of note, the Congressional Budget Office has stated the plan would add $3 trillion to the federal debt over the next 10 years. Senator Manchin understands that inflation is the cruelest tax, and the West Virginia Chamber of Commerce has said that businesses in the state are being crushed by inflation. And that, yes, this would add to inflation. No doubt about it. The inflation that you and I are dealing with, that everybody's dealing with, that West Virginians are dealing with, too. So the point being, what a lost art for somebody to stand up and say, I'm going to do what's best for my state. I'm going to do what's best for my, for my for the people that elected me and sent me to Washington. What a lost art that is, right? And I know. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, great. So he stood up for the people of West Virginia. What happens now? Does he become a Republican? I don't know. If I were him, I would. But then again, maybe we don't want him to be. Maybe it's best if Joe Manchin stays as a Democrat. And here's what I mean by this. Once Joe Manchin becomes a Republican, and the Democrat Party is officially lost. And maybe that's fine. Maybe that's the way it should be. Maybe you say goodbye, farewell, Arvita Zane. But then you're also going to lose at least a sensible voice in the room. And I don't know, maybe his sensible voice doesn't matter. But West Virginia is a state that elects Democrats and Republicans. And he got elected as a Democrat. Joe Manchin may feel like he owes it to his constituents to stay as a Democrat, at least until he runs for re-election. Either way, what he said 
is really important. And the attacks on West Virginia, because there's not a lot of people that live there, who cares? Why is that relevant? Why is population relevant? You see, this is the point that I made earlier to a caller. Don't play their game. Don't play the game that this is about vote the population, that, that, that we, because that's what they want. They want that game played. Remember, this country was founded so that small states have an equal seat at the table, along with big states, large states with populations, with large populations. That was the point, and particularly with the Senate, not the House, obviously, which is based on population and apportionment, but the Senate. Every state's equal. And we don't want to play the same game that they do and go, well, actually, if you look at the number of votes from the senators that voted, no, you see that there's more people. Nope, don't even bother. Don't waste your time with that. The senators who were against it were against it because it's also bad for their states because this is a bad bill. It's a very bad bill. If you're not from California or New York or any or, or Michigan, it's a terrible bill. Uh, let's see. James is in West Virginia. Hey, James, uh, welcome to the Mark Levin Show. Thanks for calling. Hey, thanks for having me. And uh, you're doing a good job for filling in for Mark there. Good job. Thank you. Okay, so my comment is, uh, well, I have a, a couple. Uh, a friend of mine from Maryland, he had to explain to me this Bette Midler comment because I'm illiterate and I couldn't read it myself, and I'm a little strung out. I'm I'm super proud of my U.S. Senator, Joe Manchin. What is wrong with him being a moderate? One quality that the residents of my state have that is overlooked is we use common sense, and that's what he does. You know, he he does what we want him to do and we didn't want this bill we don't we're tired of inflation we don't like the gas pump prices we don't like store shelves being empty so he's he's not voting his party he's voting his people and that's what it is and that's what he should do he should vote what the people of west virginia need and what the people of west virginia want right well, in this day and age, that we're getting away from that. But he's keeping it centered, and that's what we need. Yeah, I know you're exactly right. And, and how do people feel about him in West Virginia, James, since you're there? Well, I'll tell you, it, it's a toss-up. Uh, nobody that I know liked the bill. Half of them think that he's doing the right thing because he wants to do the right thing. The other half of them think that he's doing this to make up for voting for Trump impeachment mm -hmm. because he knows people are going to remember that when he's up for reelection in this state. Interesting. Interesting. Well, look, like all politicians, they always have an angle. James, thanks for the call to the Mark Levin show. Appreciate it. 877-381-3811. Sal is in Long Island, New York. Hey, Sal, what's going on tonight? And that's what he should do. He should vote with the people. Hey, Sal, turn your radio down. Go ahead. You're on the air. All right, Sal, we'll try again later. Uh, Al's in Long Branch, New Jersey. Al, you're on the Mark Levin Show. Go ahead. Yeah, how you doing, Joe? I just want to I don't know how uh, Joe Biden, career criminal, I mean politician, uh, gets away with the press. The press isn't, you know, they make it like he's fine. There's nothing wrong with him when he's not even playing with a full deck. Yeah, well, he's certainly not. And the reason why the press makes it seem like everything's fine is because the press wants him to succeed. You know, they're not there to actually do a job. And thank you for the call, Al. They're not there to do a job and expose the fact that Joe Biden is not really governing the country. They want his agenda to pass. They do. That's what they're there for. That's why the media is there. Look at it this way. The, the media pile up 
uh, on on how Build Back Better was dead, and then the evil Joe Manchin, right? This guy, I mean, what kind of a reptile is this man to destroy this bill and destroy Biden and destroy his progress? That fake conservative Jennifer Rubin at the Washington Post. Talk about a fugazi. This woman, you know, she was anti-Trump all these years, all these years. And everybody thought, okay, she just hates Trump. She just hates Trump. I said, no, 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 it's more than that. She's a fraud. She's a fraud. And sure enough, exposing herself as a complete fraud that she is, she's against Joe Manchin because he's against Bill Back Better. I'm sorry, but you cannot be a conservative and support this bill. You can't be. So it's not just even about being anti-Trump. There's a lot of these people that that have proven that they are frauds and that their entire goal, their entire goal here is liberalism. And she's one of them. She's the, the the resident conservative at the Washington Post. Oh, please stop. Look, I don't, I don't know how it is in your house. In my house, I do the grocery shopping as much as I possibly can. Why? Because it gets me out of the house. It gives me something to do. I go to the store. I like it. I go when the crowds are not there. I'm anti-crowd. I don't like crowds. It's not a COVID thing. I just don't like crowds. So I wind up going and I do the shopping and I see it. And I mentioned earlier the, the price of crab meat. How about chicken wings? Chicken wings. I got a buddy of mine as a, as a place. They make chicken the chicken wings, what they do. He said the prices are outrageous and the chicken wings are smaller than ever. And they're still outrageous. And he has to raise customer prices on customers and customers keep going, hey, yo, what are you doing? But what is he supposed to do? And yet, even though this economy right now is at a point where Americans are really struggling, truly struggling, and energy is the reason why, it is the it is the, the main reason why we have inflation is the war in energy. What would this bill do, build back better? It would drive up energy prices. Why? Because that is the intended goal, is to get you out of your car. To, you know, in New York City, they just passed a rule. They're going to they're gonna eliminate natural gas in new construction. They don't want anybody having gas ranges. Why? Natural gas is, is the cleanest burning fuel there is besides nuclear. What's wrong with, with natural gas? Nothing. But they hate it because they want to get everybody on green. And so now if you have a new construction in New York and you want to have, say, a gas range, because as a cook, as a chef, you probably like cooking with natural gas. Who doesn't? It's a lot better. It's easier. You can control it, right? Control the flames. It's why chefs love it. Well, the war on natural gas is not going away anytime soon either. There are places now in San Francisco and New York, all these liberal cities, you notice this? I'm doing the same thing, trying to phase out natural gas. No natural gas. It's just about getting rid of anything that isn't wind or solar or hydropower. Until they, you have a windmill in your backyard, they're not going to be satisfied. But it is energy, the war in energy, which is driving up prices. That is why you're paying more for everything. The production of goods and how think about plastic, which is everything. It's petroleum. And then the transportation and the shipping and all these costs, and they're passing it along to you. Does that stop the Democrats from war on energy? No. Build Back Better would double down on the war on energy because from day one, what was the first thing Joe Biden did when he became president? Do you remember day one? Besides forget what he had for lunch. Do you remember? It was to sign the executive order killing the Keystone XL pipeline. That was one of the first things he did as president of the United States was to kill the Keystone XL pipeline because he's completely given to the Democrats and the Green New Deal and is a radical agenda for this country, and it is driving up prices, and that is also part of the plan. Because the more that you become dependent on government because you can't afford things, the better. The better for the transformation of America. 877-381-3811. This is the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich Zioli, in for the great one, coming right back. Mark Levin.
Now, this uh, Fauci's a fraud. He's got to go, this guy. He's scaring everybody again. The administration's doing what it always does. It scares people. They're scaring the bejesus out of people. Now, why are they doing this again? It's control. Uh, you know, in South Africa, where they have looked at the, the new variant, the Omicron variant, as Joe Biden calls it, they have found now that post-peak, because Omicron is po- it's post-peak in South Africa now, lower deaths, about 25 times lower than the Delta wave. All right? What did Fauci say recently? He warned, just like Joe Biden, this is going to be the winter of death, the winter of death and devastation. They love the fear. They love the fear. And they go, well, listen, Omicron, Omicron is spreading. Yes, it is spreading. But you know what? It's you know what? It's spreading because it's contagious. But that doesn't mean that it's serious. It doesn't mean that it's dangerous. It's spreading because it's contagious. But there's a difference. There's a difference between something being contagious and dangerous. And like everything else in life, there's there's a certain amount of danger to it. But the question you have to ask yourself and the question I think everybody has to ask themselves is, isn't it better if Omicron becomes the dominant strain? It certainly seems to be that way based on the data. No doubt about it. Based on the data of everything that we're seeing right now. He told recently over the weekend he was talking, I think it was to Jake Tapper on CNN State of the Union. And he said um, he said. Tapper asked him, he goes, do you expect record new high numbers for cases? And what about hospitalizations and deaths? And he said, well, yes, unfortunately, Jake, uh, I think that is going to happen. We're going to see a significant stress in some regions of the country on the hospital system, particularly in those areas where you have low level of vaccination, which is one of the reasons why we continue to stress the importance of getting those unvaccinated people vaccinated. The Omicron variant. All right. In South Africa, where I mentioned where it's post, they're post-peak on Omicron, deaths were 25 times lower than with Delta. So you have this very contagious variant that's much more mild and much less dangerous. And that's a good thing, because then it could become the dominant strain, which is our way out of this whole thing. But do they want to let it go? I mean, their grip of control. Do they want to let that go? No, 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 no. No, look, you have to understand the mindset here. You have to understand. They love power. I mean, it is so, so, so wonderful and warm and fuzzy. And what happens if we just learn to live with this thing? We just live with it. You know what happens? They got to go back to their offices. They got to go back to their bureaucratic offices. And they're not going to be on TV every day. They're not going to be on the cover of magazines and books and newspapers. Brad Pitt won't be playing them on Saturday Night Live anymore. Oh, by the way, speaking of painful, did you watch? I know you didn't. Saturday Night Live, Saturday night, they they there was a COVID outbreak, and so the cast left, and they had like a skeleton crew, and oh, it was even more awkward than the show normally is. Hasn't been funny in a long time, but I'll tell you what. Saturday, I just watched it out of curiosity this morning. I watched it. Oof. Oof. Was that brutal? All right, 877-381-3811. Here on the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich Zioli, in for the great one. Coming up. What is Biden going to announce tomorrow? Will it be a travel vaccine mandate? Let's hope not. Don't go away. The establishment's worst nightmare. Mark Levin. Call in now. 877-381-3811. And by the way, why are we even discussing COVID? I thought Joe Biden was going to crush it. Get rid of it. Remember? Wasn't he going to do that? He said he was going to do that. Oh, yeah. he Remember, Trump killed all these people and Biden was going to save America from COVID. 
Remember, more people have died under Joe Biden than Donald Trump. And Biden, and Joe and President Biden got three vaccines done. You know, there are these drugs now, these these um, these pills that are apparently these antivirals which are supposed to be great. Basically prevent death completely, just knock it out of, of the equation. And they're, they don't even have emergency use authorization from the FDA yet. What's going on over there? What are they, what are they doing? Why are they dragging their feet? It, it seems like everything that could help should be thrown at the problem, right? And yet this is taking months now and they still don't have approval for some of these medications. I don't know why. Other than Trump went in there and said, get it done. And they got it done. And they did. I remember this because I had the FDA commissioner on my show in Philly a lot of times back then. But this is the Mark Levin Show. It's me, Rich Zioli, in for the great one. And I had the uh, FDA commissioner, Stephen Hahn, on my show a bunch of times back then. And he said, look, he goes, we are doing everything we can. We're, we're removing every regulatory hurdle we possibly can to get these things done. Joe Biden, right now, COVID is surging. Joe Biden's president and everybody is acting like this is no big deal. He ran on a campaign where he was going to end COVID. Remember that? They blamed Trump for all of it. They blamed Trump every time there was an infection. And now Joe Biden's in charge. The numbers are skyrocketing. The death rate has gone up way more than when Trump was president. And they'll go, well, it's a virus. What are you going to do? Kamala Harris came out the other day and said, they didn't anticipate any variants. What, wait, you didn't? Well, why? we did. We all did. But, you know, Biden was going to be the savior of America. And the fact that he's not, are they turning on him? Are they calling him out on it? No, of course not. No, not at all. And they won't. They won't. That's for sure. Uh, Jimmy's in Brooklyn, New York. You wanted to talk about Joe Manchin standing up to the left. Hey, Jimmy. Manchin should be considered a hero for standing firm against America's enemies and defending America. You know, the radical left, if they get this economic plan put through that they want, that's going to cause a real economic decline. And the only place we could cut the budget will be the military budget. So we cut our military budget as our enemies are building. This is a prescription for disaster. So Biden is basically... He's he's you could pretty much say he's may, maybe inadvertently given him the benefit of the doubt inadvertently an enemy agent. He's doing pretty much what Franklin Roosevelt did. Roosevelt made sure Roosevelt was surrounded by Soviet agents, Hopkins, White, or a whole bunch of people. They advised Roosevelt to the point where the American government sent uh, nuclear equipment and nuclear material to Russia to make their own atom bomb. And we, we made sure, because of enemy agents advising the President Roosevelt, that communist China became chi- uh, communist, Eastern Europe became communist. We built up the Soviet enemy, and then decades later, we built up the Chinese communist enemy to counter the Soviet enemy. That's like having brain cancer, and the doctor gives you lung cancer to counter your brain cancer. <laughs> we built up both halves of the same communist movement. And Biden is, seems to be doing that now. He built up the, the uh, Islamic enemy in Afghanistan. He's helping Iran, and he's palling with China. And uh, the Russian operations in America, could t- boy, we're in a mess. We are in a mess, Jimmy. You said it. You said it quite well. Have a great night. Thanks for calling the Mark Levin Show. I appreciate it. Let's talk about China for a moment, shall we? Francis Collins, the NIH director over the weekend, dismissing the idea of the lab leak theory of COVID-19. And President Trump said in an interview with Maria Bartiromo, he said the fact that Joe Biden will not pursue the lab leak origins of COVID-19 because he's afraid of standing up to China. President Trump is right. He is. Biden is afraid of dealing with China. He is. 
And you know as well as I do, this virus came from the lab in China. Everybody knows this. We all know this. We know this. Did you know that Amazon deleted reviews of the Chinese president's book? Did you know that? They were ordered. I love, don't you love these American corporations with all their woke nonsense, all their hashtags? <laughs> they love the hashtags. All these corporations are all in on, on, on whatever is the big, the big hashtag of the day. It's always some social justice cause. And they're the first ones. If there's going to be a bathroom bill, they'll pile on with a ban. They'll move out of a state. Amazon, just like the other corporations, though, when it comes to China, they will just full steam ahead whatever China wants. Whatever China wants. Disney, Nike, Amazon, they're all the same. Google, Apple. I mean, they all play this game. They jump in on whatever the left wants when it comes to social justice hashtags. And then at the very same time, they do China's bidding. And now what it is, is that China told Amazon that when President Xi's book came out, all any comment that was negative regarding his book had to be gone, had to be taken off. And Amazon complied. Another example of a U.S. company bending to Chinese pressure in order to keep doing business there. Now, it's funny, too, because they had a, an episode recently of The Simpsons that they edited. They took out a, a scene of The Simpsons, which is streaming on, on, on Disney. And, you know, they did that because, obviously, they love China. They make so much money in all their movie screens, and, and, and they'll do whatever China wants. This administration right now, in particular, though, has another reason to do what China wants, and that's because of Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden was making so much money off of helping China mine what you need to mine the lithium for all those electric batteries, all those electric car batteries and also the chips and the semiconductor chips, which rely so much on lithium. And Hunter Biden was right at the epicenter of helping these Chinese firms with this. So there's also a little bit of a, you know, of a family business here, too. In fact, the last time I filled in for Mark Levin, I had Miranda Devine on her new book on Hunter Biden is, is fantastic. And you should definitely pursue it. Definitely read it. And she goes very deep on Hunter Biden's ties with China. There's no doubt. You you have to understand there that the Biden family is 100% corrupt. There's no doubt in my mind about that. Not after reading Miranda Devine's book. It's very, it's very well laid out. But let's assume for a second it wasn't even that. Let's just assume for a second it's more of that Joe Biden just thinks that China, well, you know, I mean, we got to deal with them because they're a superpower now. And even though they're not, but we got to deal with them anyway because they have nuclear weapons and and they've got now these hypersonic missiles that can fly around the earth. We don't even know about it. We, they're, they're destroying our satellites in space. They've unleashed this pandemic. They still will not let inspectors in to the labs. They still will not. China's been stonewalling this since January of 2020. It was January 2020 when we were reaching out to them. Robert Redfield was head of the CDC, and he's calling his counterpart in China saying, let's go into the labs. Let's take a look. Let's try to figure this out. Let's let me work with you. Let me help you. January of 2020, President Trump calls up. Trump calls up Xi. Xi won't let him in. Xi, Xi, Xi won't help. And I don't like when Trump praises Xi any more than you do. I don't. Guy's ruthless. But what I don't like is that this president... Not only does he also praise Xi, his buddy, but he doesn't stand up to him. At least at least the previous president did. A lot of good it did us, but China is absolutely our enemy. There's no doubt in my mind about that. No doubt. And the next pandemic is coming because I still think China, in many ways, is looking at reaction by world countries and thinking strategically about how they can use this again in the future to manipulate economies. Because it's very obvious that nothing can stifle economic progress like, like a pathogen. 
we'll we'll just shut down and pull the emergency brake and we'll stop it all. And we might do it again. We're very close to doing it again. We shouldn't. We certainly should not. Not with Omicron. Not considering that this virus is milder. This this variant is, is milder. But do you think that's going to stop them is my question. Do you think that will stop them? Or will they pull the emergency brake and slow it all down? And wherever you are right now, you may want to fly and see somebody in another part of the country. There's a there's a lot of rumors that Biden tomorrow is going to announce that you have to be vaccinated to get on an airplane. Completely unconstitutional. You have a constitutional right to travel this country, go anywhere you want. You know, you can still fly without ID, you know. It makes your, your life more difficult. They bust your chops, but you can still fly without identification. It's just it's just one more pain in the neck you got to deal with, but they can't stop you. But I think Biden's going to put that in at some point. They had this, uh, you know, Eric Swalwell, the windbag, the windbreaker. He did. He in live television. Oh, he did. Yeah. Swalwell. Anyway, he was saying that he can't believe it. He goes, I can't believe why would why would we even sit here and discuss the idea that unvaccinated people could get on airplanes? So if Biden puts this in, you watch for a lot of challenges to this and it'll go to court. The problem is that courts keep siding with these vaccine mandates. There's a long history of this. And I could understand if people were dropping dead on the street, kids were dying and people, you know, you you get it and you just but people are surviving this. And yet we're putting in more restrictions, more restrictions on liberty and more restrictions on travel. So is that going to be announced tomorrow? I don't know. Jen Psaki said today at the White House, she said, the speech tomorrow by the president is not going to be about locking down America. Okay, what's it going to be about then? She said, oh, he's going to just tell the unvaccinated they better get vaccinated. All right. Well, how are you going to do that? Carrot or the stick? What's going to be the stick? The stick going to be if you want to get an airplane, you better be vaccinated? Probably. Seems like it. Seems like it's the last thing they have. Unless the employer vaccine mandate's probably dead. Even though right now it's moving forward in the courts, there's so many problems with how they're doing this through the agency, the constitutionality of this is problematic, the OSHA rule. It's just like in Philly. In Philly, we have this vaccine mandate going into effect in January. Such a deadly, dangerous virus that we can wait three weeks before we put the vaccine mandate in place, right? Let's go to Lisa. She's in Nutley, New Jersey. Lisa, you are on the Mark Levin Show. Hey, Rich, I want to uh, wish you and my favorite call screener a very Merry Christmas this weekend. Well, thank you very much. And And yes, Richie V, my man, the call screener, Mr. Call Screener, he's the best. Okay, I just want to let all the listeners out there know that I called Joe Manchin's office this afternoon and I left a message thanking him for sticking up for we the people. And I just want to urge all the listeners, do the same. Call this man and let him know he did the right thing by us. Even though we don't live in his state, he's still doing the right thing by we the people. Yeah, I agree with you. He is. And and, and by doing the right thing for his state, he's therefore doing the right thing for the rest of America. You're absolutely right, my dear. And it's a beautiful thing to watch. All right, listen, have a great weekend. All right, Lisa. Merry Christmas. Thanks for the call. 855-877-381-3811. I got to make sure I don't give out my own number. 877-381-3811. Not my personal number, but the number for my studio. I got to make sure that I'm not, you know. I mean, you're welcome to call that show, too. But for right now, it's 877-381-3811. We don't want to make the call screener's job easy, all right? Which EV's got a lot of work to do. By the way, make sure you get his podcast, This is America, with Rich Valdez. It's fantastic. Let's see. Conrad uh, is in Alexandria, Virginia. Hey, Conrad, thanks for calling the Mark Levin Show. Hey, Rich, good evening. Good evening. 
we were uh, we were calling. I you know I'm here with my 15 year old son. We're we're driving this evening, and he wanted me to call in, and we wanted to talk just for a minute about the fact that there's a lot of young folks that are that are coming up, and they're realizing that there's huge bills that are being foisted on them with all this build back better quote unquote effort going on with the government. And I think, you know, there's an effort to try and understand what's going on. Um, but it's really inconceivable and, and it really is not understandable when you see how much the government is, is and the decisions with the Biden administration are changing the path that we were on with under Trump. And I guess just making a point that, that there's a lot of young folks that are trying to figure it out and, and it's, it's just really not understandable. Well, I'm glad to hear that your 15-year-old is recognizing that. That gives me hope. Yeah, it gives me a little hope, too. <laughs> We're still quite right. concerned. <laughs> no, listen, Conrad, I mean, that's that's good. I think people are under the impression that everybody of your son's age is all in on this garbage, and they're not, and that's good because they're going to be the ones paying for it. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate the call. 877-381-3811. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. And of course, I'm uh, always amazed at the reaction to things like Joe Manchin, of course, and the outpouring of just outrage from the left is just amazing and still going and still going. Chuck Schumer's in on the game now. He's angry. He's very angry. He hits Manchin for failing to support Build Back Better, but says Democrats will find a way forward. I told you they're not going to give up yet. They're not going to give up. He sends out a letter to his Democrat colleagues. And Schumer, Count Chuckula, says, don't you worry. All right. I know we're going to 50-50. We should be proud of our accomplishments and determine the work to finish. The, you know, finish the work, he says. We're going to finish the work. But in a swipe at Manchin. Schumer turned his attention to the West Virginia moderate who announced Sunday that after months of negotiations, he's killing Bill Back Better. And Schumer said that frustration was evident in the past week as nearly all of us were disappointed by the decision to delay floor consideration by Build Back Better. We simply cannot give up, Schumer wrote, adding that senators should be aware that the Senate will, in fact, consider the Build Back Better Act very early in the new year. So that every member of this body has the opportunity to make their position known on the Senate floor, not just on television. Bernie Sanders came out a short time ago. He hit Joe Manchin, too. And he said, let Joe Manchin say this in front of the world. Let him vote no in front of the world. I, do, does Bernie think that if Joe Manchin gets in there and it's on TV and the voting's on TV that he's going to change his mind? Because Joe Manchin's been saying this stuff on television. He's not hiding any of this stuff. He's been out there saying this. Again, this is what the Democrats are trying to do. They want to try to fist ratchet the pressure a little bit, little bit. But no worry, Joe Manchin is going to stand strong because, again, the people of West Virginia want him to kill this. So they're happy with Joe Manchin tonight. And that's a good thing. Daniel's in Cleveland, Ohio. Daniel, you are on the Mark Levin Show. Go ahead. Hey, Daniel, you there? All right, let's go to Russ in Philly, Pennsylvania, Philadelphia, my fair city. Hey, Russ. Hey, hey uh, Mark, uh, can you hear me okay? Yes, but I'm rich. I'm in for Mark tonight, but go ahead, Russ. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm Russ. Uh, thanks for taking are, my Russ. call. I live in Philly near... Yes. 
<laughs> I live near, in Philly near uh, Pennypack Park in, in Verity Road, that area. I'm sure you probably know uh, that area. I, I, what bothers me so much, Mark, is that all I hear about is this, the virus and, the, and, 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 and take the vaccine and all this nonsense. Only myself and Tom Cotton are talking about one thing. The Chinese bat venom in the Petri dish, Petri dish it was established in China. You know, we all know it. At the, at the, I want to know, how do you feel that the entire world, they have to pay the price, make the PRC pay the price, and no one's talking about this. I, I'm, I'm baffled by this. Do you have any opinions? Well, yeah, I have a lot of them. And, Russ, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. I mean, China is 100% responsible for this. There's no doubt in my mind about it. They created this virus in a lab. The virus got out. They lied to the world about it. And they continue to lie to the world. And they continue to obfuscate any investigation. There's no doubt. They should be held accountable. Question is how? This administration's not going to do it. This administration's not even going to force them to get to the truth about COVID-19. That's why Francis Collins, the NIH director, said, Oh, the lab leak's just a distraction. No, getting to the truth is never a distraction. It's fundamental for prevention. This is the Mark Levin Show, hour number three, with me, Rich Zioli, straight ahead. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. And of course, the question becomes just how unpopular will Joe Biden get before the night's over? Good evening. Welcome back to the Mark Levin Show. The great one is off tonight. It's me, Rich Zioli, in with you tonight. 877-381-3811. Your fellow Levinite from Mark's hometown of Philadelphia. You know, I was thinking about this earlier. I was thinking about uh, when they talk about the war on energy, and you have to understand it's the fundamental principle of everything. The left is obsessed with climate change. They're obsessed with this, and you know this. But everything driving the price that you're paying for everything is the war on energy, no doubt about it. And so if they want to go after gas stoves, this is directly going to impact the quality of food. I'm telling you right now. I like to cook. They got Christmas coming up. They do the seven fishes. I'm not doing the seven fishes this year because I've got a seven-year-old and a five-year-old and a 20-month-old, and there's no time for the seven fishes. But I love to cook. And then Christmas Day, of course. But the thing about it is that with the gas stove, you know, you can control that so much better than you can when it comes to an electric stove. And I don't like I don't like the way that it takes an electric stove forever to heat up. I like it quick. You know, I have no patience. You know what I mean? New York City Council voted to ban the installation of furnaces, boilers, hot water heaters, and cooking stoves that burn fossil fuels in new buildings lower than seven stories constructed after 2024 and in buildings over seven stories beginning in 2027. The ban is a way to reduce the city's emissions of greenhouse gases that are associated with rising global temperatures. Buildings are responsible for 70% of the city's greenhouse gas emissions, chiefly carbon monoxide. Carbon dioxide, excuse me. New York City is following in the footsteps of other cities run by progressives like San Francisco, Oakley, Oakland, Berkeley, Ithaca, blah, 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 blah. Now, remember something now. When you calculate the additional construction costs of full electrification of a new house, 
versus a comparable new house using natural gas. The differences would range between anywhere from $4,000 to $12,000 in a warm climate like Houston, $4,000 to $15,000 in a mixed climate like, say, Baltimore, Maryland, $11,000 to $15,000 in a cold, cold climate like Denver, Minneapolis. If they want to retrofit a house, the cost for retrofitting a house that currently uses natural gas for heating, hot water, cooking could range anywhere from $25,000 to $30,000. Simply replacing worn-out gas-fired appliances would cost between $10,000 and $11,000. Higher installation costs, depending upon which mix of electric appliances, would, um, would create all kinds of different problems now, too. But what a lot of cities are doing is they're saying that when your appliance dies, you can't replace it with natural gas. Then you have to retrofit. You got to retrofit. You got to go then and replace it with, with electric. Now, I don't know about you, but it seems to me like the left forgets one fundamental principle of electricity. It requires a fuel source to make electricity. Electricity, I mean, yeah, you can fly a kite. I'm all in. You want to fly a kite? Go for it. I mean, literally. Go fly a kite. But otherwise, it needs some sort of power source to make it. The upfront cost for installing natural gas in new houses averages, say, they say $21,000 versus $18,700 for electricity. That's what they say. But total annual utility cost, gas and electricity for a new house using gas appliances is about $4,300 compared to much higher for an electric house. Why is that? Why is that? It's because electric is subsidized. That's why. It's subsidized. Gas has efficiency ratings of about 92%, meaning that most of the energy contained in the original gas is utilized in the appliances. And what I think is really important, too, to think about when you think about the war and energy that the left is doing right now is they pick and choose their winners and losers. And they do this with everything in the economy. And what they hate more than anything is anything that's a fossil fuel. They do. They hate it. If, if you could have a, uh, a, an electric oven powered by a wind turbine in your backyard, they'd be all in. They would love it. They'd be all in. But, you know, normal people, the average person who's not driving an electric vehicle in this country and who knows that $12,000 to subsidize it is not going to make them buy it, they see what's going on right now. They really do. They see it. And what the goal of Republicans has to be to convince them that the Democrats... War and energy is the reason why their food prices are soaring. It's the reason why everything that they're paying for is soaring. The shipping costs, the container costs, the production costs, all of it. Petroleum costs, every, every aspect of it. Every aspect of production has to do with energy prices. But you see, this is okay, though, because it's part of the plan. Remember, if you think about the fundamental transformation of America, something I opened the show with today, and what Joe Manchin is battling against is that. This is bad for his state of West Virginia. Part of what's in Build Back Better is to go after natural gas, to go after coal. Obviously, they want to destroy these fuel sources. The long-term play is to make you pay more for energy for the things that the left doesn't like, so you'll give it up. You know, you'll give up driving your gas-guzzling car for an electric vehicle if you just get tired of paying at the pump. And that's what they want to do. And they've admitted this, too. I mean, Jennifer Granholm, the transportation secretary, has said the, the uh, energy secretary has said this before too. Well, you know, at some point you're going to get tired of going to the gas station. That's when you want to switch over to the old EV, which we're subsidizing, which the government is subsidizing. You'll switch over at that point. You'll be good. 
They drive up the costs. They manipulate the markets. They drive up the costs and they subsidize other markets. And then you turn around and you go, wait a second, I, I want nothing to do with this, but I can't afford it. It's the same reason why if they can push you onto a government program, they will. Right now, what Americans are experiencing and what's amazing is we still have this massive labor shortage. And you know why we do is because Americans are sitting on wealth, wealth that was largely handed out by the government during the pandemic. Now, let's turn to the vaccine mandate for a second and all these various states and these entities mandating vaccinations. And what does it come down to when you know that there could be a person who is not vaccinated sitting next to a person who's vaccinated? And actually, the the unvaccinated person can give the vaccinated person COVID just as easily as the vaccinated person can give the vaccinated person next to him COVID because the vaccines don't prevent transmission of the virus. They prevent the severity. That's what we're told. They prevent severity. So they say, get your vaccines and get your boosters and you won't have it really, really bad. But what the lie that the government keeps telling us is it's transmission. But it's not transmission because they've admitted that now that, yes, even vaccinated people can still spread COVID. But when you think about control and part of the larger plan of transformation of America is a control mindset. You have to get people comfortable with it. You have to get people that are okay with the idea of the government controlling every aspect of their life. Now, how do you do that? Well, the biggest way to do that is fear. Remember after 9-11, how everything was about stopping terrorism. So it was give up your liberty and let the government spy on you and give up your iPhone, let them crack into your iPhone, whatever it takes to stop terrorists. And a lot of people did. And they would turn around and do that. And then one day you realize, wow, they weaponized all of this and used it against Donald Trump. Now we have this virus and the exact same thing with fear and control. Keep our kids in masks all the time. Put a vaccine mandate in place. Do all these things. Government control. The government's government in charge of all of us at every moment of our lives. And you do that at the very same time you're breeding a mindset, which is fossil fuels are bad. Climate change is the biggest existential crisis. And now government, we, we, we've, we've decided as a people, you know what? I'll give my liberty up. It's okay. I need them to protect me. It was terrorists, it was COVID, now it's climate change. And as part of that, if you declare an emergency on climate change and you need to do whatever you got to do, well, go ahead and do it because it's the biggest existential threat of our lives. And they've said as much. They said recently, forget the deaths of COVID. You watch the deaths from climate change. What lengths will they go to? I don't know. But what I do know, though, is that the more we put up with things like mandates and mandates to travel and all these other things, we we give up our our, our independence and we create a mindset and we accept a mindset that says, sure, regulate me, monitor me, control everything. And then as more and more power is acquiesced to the government and more and more people turn around and say, well, whatever you got to do to keep me safe from blank, what's blank today? Today, it's climate change. It was COVID, it was terrorism, now it's climate change. That's a big part of what they're doing right now, obviously. And everything with the spending has to do with that, too. Now, does that mean, obviously, that um, Omicron is not serious? No, of course Omicron is, is, um, is potentially problematic from the mindset of lots of people getting the variant. But the data from South Africa shows this is a much more mild variant. And yet Fauci comes out and says... I think it's going to happen, potential record death. When people hear headlines like that, they react very nervously. Markets react nervously. And then when the bureaucrats come in and say, well, we're controlling this and we're controlling that, people go, fine, fine, whatever you got to do, just save my life. Whatever you got to do. You know, in New Jersey, for example, 
They will not let the Republican members of the state legislature go in and vote unless they show their vaccination papers. They will not let them go in and vote without showing their vaccination papers. It's a mindset of control. Now, if Biden tomorrow comes out and announces a vaccine mandate to get on an airplane, is that going to be any different from all the nonsense they put in place after 9-11 to try to keep us safe from terrorism? I mean, the TSA, which routinely violates the constitutional rights of Americans all the time with lots of their invasive searches, the no-fly list. What's funny, though, is that there was a time when you had groups like the ACLU, for example, which would come out and they would routinely sue the TSA. They routinely sue and they'd say that no fly list is unconstitutional. How can you put people on a list without due process? And for many people or conservatives and libertarians, civil libertarians, they would turn around and say, well, good. You shouldn't just put people on arbitrary lists and deprive them of their liberty. But, you know, it's exactly what they're going to do if they put in a vaccine mandate for airplanes. You know that, right? It's exactly the same thing. It is the biggest no fly list you've ever seen. If they announce this tomorrow that you have to be vaccinated to get on an airplane, this will be the single biggest no-fly list ever created in the history of our country. And what I want to know is this. all the When the ACLU and all the civil libertarians came out and screamed because they were putting Muslims on the no-fly list, will those same people come out and scream because they're putting unvaccinated people on the no-fly list without due process? Will they do it? No, they won't. And the argument will be, well, we have to save lives. Save lives? What do you mean by that? Well, first of all, save lives. I mean, they said, well, terrorists, you know, terrorists, they could be terrorists. So we got to keep them off the airplanes to save lives. But then they sued and said, well, that's unconstitutional. You need due process, which I agreed with, by the way. You should have due process. Nobody should ever just be put in a list and deprived of their liberty by their government without due process. It's fundamental. It's in the Constitution. Now, I didn't buy any of the arguments back then from the government saying, well, we got to keep you safe. And I don't buy it now. But the argument then was, well, well, terrorists could blow up a plane. They could kill people. Okay, fine. The argument now is, well, the unvaccinated could spread it. Yes, but so can the vaccinated. So then that argument blows up the argument, basically. That, that, that entire point goes out the window. So if, this, if the government's going to come out and take away and deprive you of your liberty, what is going to be the argument? If the argument is, well, you have to understand something. You have to understand right now. That the, the primary goal here is to save lives. And so we're going to deprive you of your liberty to save other people's lives. But then you admit that the vaccinated can also spread it to other vaccinated people. You completely negate that argument. Just like if you can make the argument, well, the guy may be a terrorist, but didn't he just go through TSA? And isn't the whole job of the TSA to make sure the guy is not carrying a weapon? And we put in these doors and the, keep the cockpit safe. And I mean, flying is fundamentally a risk. But what happened to due process? What happened to the rights of people to be able to have a process before the government takes away their life, their liberty, and their property? But this is the mindset of control. The mindset of control is government, keep me safe. I'll give up my liberty. You keep me safe. And it is the single biggest farce that they put forward. And my fear is they're going to make that announcement tomorrow. The question is, will the civil libertarians be up in arms? You know the answer. The ACLU? Nope, they'll back it. They'll find a way to twist themselves into knots and justify the government creating the biggest no-fly list in the history of this country if they make that announcement tomorrow. 877-381-3811. This is The Mark Levin Show with me, Rich Zioli. Coming right back. Mark Levin. Eight seven 
877-381-3811 here on the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich Zioli, for the great one. I don't know if they're going to announce a vaccine mandate to travel tomorrow. I don't know. Uh, But I do know that several lawmakers have sent a letter to the White House demanding that they do so and asking federal agencies to implement it as well. So is that what Biden's going to do? I don't know. I know it'd be incredibly unconstitutional. And I don't think it would it would survive legal muster. But the problem is for Democrats, it's not necessarily about getting it done. It's about the culture war. I mean, think about it. The, the vaccine mandate for employers. There's such a deadly virus that we had to do this right away. Uh, no, they waited. They waited. They waited. They waited. They're still waiting. They're still battling it out in court. But the divi- the, the excuse me, the division. Right, the battle, the culture battle, the culture war, that's kind of the motivation here. Oh, they love the, f- the fact that you'll fight on Facebook over this. Oh, they love it. Please. You you argue with your friends on Facebook over Biden's vaccine mandate in the workplace. They've done their job. They've done their job. They love a culture war. So imagine they're announcing that in airlines right before Christmas. Even if they announce it takes place in a month, it would cause people to go apoplectic. So I would not rule that out. Alan is in Los Angeles, California. Alan, you are on the Mark Levin Show. How are you doing? How are you doing? A little bit nervous. Um, I was calling to ask if the vaccine mandate for interstate travel is still on the board. And if you think he's going to announce that tomorrow, I don't know if it's in in concrete yet. But I'm a truck driver. And uh, we're going to have real big problems if he does. Really, really big problems. I talked to truck drivers. I'm in a truck stop right now. I'm actually just west of Coachella, and uh, I talk to drivers all the time. And I'd say 60% of us, we're not going to take the vaccine. We're, we're just not going to do it. And people don't, you know, they don't realize uh, how dependent they are on trucks. The society is 100% dependent on trucks for everything. There's not a person in this country that could go seven days without utilizing something that came from a truck that was provided to them directly or indirectly by a truck. Do you get what I'm saying? It'll be like naked and afraid all over again. How can they enforce a federal interstate mandate? How would they do that? I don't know how they would do it, but you can mandate all you want. You can't force me or any of my brothers out here to drive these trucks. Mm-hmm. You can't force. And then on top of that, I drive east coast to west coast. Uh, Friday morning, I was north of Atlanta. Friday night, I was in Louisiana. I drive about seven to 800 miles a day, I drive. And uh, every time you come to a state line, are they going to stop everybody and check their mandate? No, they can't back. do that, obviously. Hey, um, listen, ha- drive safe, and thanks for the call, Alan, to the Mark Levin Show. No, but I guess, again, the other mandate, they can mandate you have your card on you, and if you get stopped and you don't, I guess you could get fined. It just, I don't know how that's enforced, really. I guess by cops, but... We got a lot more to say on the Mark Levin Show. Don't go away. The cost of freedom is high, but this phone call is not. Call Mark Levin toll-free at 877-381-3811. Let's go to uh, Jameson in Fredericksburg, Virginia, on the Mark Levin Show with me, Rich Zioli. Jameson, you were uh, you were listening to the segment on natural gas, the war on natural gas the left is waging. 
Yes, it's uh, you know you had a you made a, a great um, explanation of, of what's starting to happen more and more in this country. You know, we've seen it in numerous municipalities in California, and it's, of course, what's happening in California eventually spreads across the country, and that is just an example of facts versus motion is um, you know mandating and regulating good, clean, economical sources of energy out of the marketplace uh in lieu of electrifying everything and you know i'm a i'm a young uh young professional in the gas and oil industry myself i work for a large family-owned propane company uh propane is very similar to natural gas um and we ride their coattails and, and are sharing a lot of the same challenges that uh other fossil fuels do and you know i'm also part of the virginia propane gas association and i'll tell you this probably the single largest challenge that we know we've got in front of ourselves and it's one that we're at the forefront of trying to figure out how do we counter this how do we how do we fight back it's not worker shortage um it's not inflation and and the impacts of that it is probably the electrification of everything and the eradication of anything fossil fuel whether that be natural gas propane you name it and you know i guess my biggest argument is and what everyone in our industry's big, biggest argument is, if if our congressmen and women just did or knew or had the knowledge and did the slightest bit of research, they would see that in 38 states, based on the electrical generation uh, complex, a propane burning furnace or cook stove is responsible for less CO2 equivalent byproducts than an electric uh comparable model and yet here we are slowly coming but it's it's coming and it's 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 people being blindfolded and going along with it based on emotion it's the choice is being taken away from us and if we don't do anything about it it, it's gonna it's gonna the wave is gonna get stronger and stronger and i guess my question is how do we how do we counter that I mean, how do we counter the movement that's now decades strong, starting with Al Gore and climate change, yeah. and has come to, well, let's just choose one blanket solution, ignore the facts, and, 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 and literally eradicate massive market segments. And what's going to happen? The end result is it's going to affect the pocketbooks of every, everyday Americans. You know, if you have a natural gas I mean, it already uh, is. home or a propane home, crazy and you know what's even crazier is the information is out there it's easily accessible even in in joe biden's own federal government i used to work at the department of energy as a contractor early on and the the energy is publicized our by our own eia and 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 it's literally everywhere you can go on there and you can see you know what is the co2 equivalent uh byproduct of me burning this electric stove or running a heat pump versus uh, the byproduct of a gas-powered furnace or gas stove and, and see what those results are. And yet, here we are, we're dismissing that completely, entirely. And I almost wonder, you know, our lawmakers, are, do, they, do you think they even know or do you think they know and are, are going, going with it? Because that's the I don't think they care. The Jameson, uh, here's the thing, and, thanks, and I'll answer your question off the air, and thank you for the call. It's an excellent, excellent point you make, and thank you for especially being a guy in the business. I don't think they care, man. You're overthinking this. You're using logic. 
You're using rational analysis. Don't none of those things matter in this equation. All that matters is climate change is bad. Therefore, fossil fuels bad, blah, blah, blah. That's it. It doesn't none of what you said is wrong. Everything you said is right. But it, this is it's a it's cultish mentality. It's cultish. And so what happens is to answer your question, do they go and they check and do they do the research and the stats and everything? No, of course, no, of course they don't do those things. What they do though is they go to colleges and universities, they have speakers talk about climate change, they scare the kids into believing it, it becomes groupthink, and then they point to fossil fuels as being the bad guy, and then that's just it. Now they gotta shut them down. And if you turn back and you go nuclear, you say natural gas, you say propane, you bring up any of these things and they just scream at you and their answer becomes windmills and solar. And I don't know anyone in the energy industry who's who's opposed to solar or wind or hydropower or any other alternative form of energy. They're not. They want to do it all. The difference, though, is the left is opposed to anything fossil fuels, anything, oil, natural gas, coal, anything gone. They hate it all. They want it all gone. Why? Because they've decided that's the bad guy. And whenever there's a bad guy, it has to be defeated. This becomes the mentality, the mindset. And much like how you can't have a conversation with them and have them understand and see anything good about Trump or you can't sit there and explain to them why, uh, you know, a vaccine mandate is problematic. You can't sit there and have an intellectual conversation with them about why their arguments about climate change are wrong or you can't sit there and have a conversation with them about the real impacts it's going to have on everyday working Americans. They don't care. This is a cult. This is this is their their form of religion. Let's bring this back to Joe Manchin for a second. Joe Manchin knows all this, and this is what he's up against. He's up against his fellow Democrats who believe this. And they tell people preposterous things. You know, we're all going to be dead because of climate change in seven years and 12 years and be underwater. And this is going to happen. This is going to happen. And they scare people. And I've told you this before. Nothing motivates like fear and nothing makes people want to acquiesce to government, give up their liberty than fear. Today, it's covid. It'll be climate change again. I mean, if Omicron becomes the dominant variant, which it's looking like it is, and Omicron is mild Omicron's going to go through the population. We're probably all going to get it. Vaccinated and boosted or not. I mean, more and more vaccinated and boosted people are coming out and saying they just tested positive for COVID. Governor Larry Hogan, Senator Cory Booker, Senator Elizabeth Warren, the health commissioner of New York State. It's, it's everywhere. It's happening all over the place. So it's going to run rampant through the population, which is not a bad thing. And it'll become a dominant strain because actually viruses like to keep their hosts alive. That's why Ebola is a terrible virus and it's a terrible bioweapon because it winds up killing the host. But, you know, coronavirus, a cold, the flu, they, they like keeping their host alive. So it, it will become the dominant thing. And eventually we'll just have to move on and live our lives. And that'll be the end of it. Hey, uh, you know, it'd be amazing if Biden came out tomorrow night and said that. Or tomorrow day, whenever he says this, comes out and says, look, we're going to live with this thing. It's not going away. So everybody deal with it. Get vaccinated and you won't be as sick. Move on with your life and. You know, turned around and walked away. And I mean, I I doubt that's what he's going to say, but it's what he should say. It's what he should say. Get vaccinated if you want to, because most likely it's going to lower your your symptoms and your risk. But if you don't want to, hey, listen, life's a crapshoot <laughs> with your life. We're done. We're done with this thing. We got to move on now.
That's what the governor of Colorado said, Jared Polis, who's a Democrat. He said that. I almost fell out of the chair, too, when I heard him say that. He said, look, at this point, if you want to get vaccinated, you'll get vaccinated. If you don't, you don't. What am I going to do? Not my job. Live your life. I mean, in some ways, I think we just have to get back to that in general. Just live your life. There's lots of things that are bad for you. But it's not the government's job to keep you safe from yourself. And now that we've disproven the argument that that vaccines stop transmission, we know that they don't, then that's it. The government has no more role in this. That's it. Stay out of it. If I want to eat red meat, if I want to go skydiving, if I want to drive uh, without a seatbelt, I mean, this is my life. If I want to get vaccinated, if I don't, it's not your business. The minute that we can say transmission is not a factor, it, it ceases to be the government's issue at that very moment. But there's a lot of people on the left that disagree with that. They believe the government's mindset is to keep you safe, sometimes even from yourself. That's why they have all those stupid menu counts, you know, where they put like the new thing now in New York is they're going to put the sugar count on things. Because really, you don't know if you order a double a double sundae with a banana and chocolate syrup and whipped cream. You don't know if there's a lot of sugar in that. So you need them to make sure it's on the menu because really you might be thinking this is healthy and you're surprised. Wait a second. You mean there's 200 grams of sugar in this triple Lindy Sunday? I'm shocked by this. Thank God government mandated they put this on the menu. I thought this was just like eating broccoli. But it's the same thing with salt. It's the same thing with everything. The war, big gulps, remember that? New York City, limiting the size of big gulps, keep you safe from yourself. Safe from all the sugar you might ingest. Now, for me personally, I'm not a big sweets guy. What I like is a good juicy burger. I like it medium rare. I don't care. I know that there's somebody listening going, well, it's dangerous. Good, good. I like to live on the edge. And I want I want it to be fatty and juicy and greasy and delicious. I prefer sesame seeds on my bun. Like a, like a crispier bun, not like a soft bun. Like a crispier Kaiser style roll. I'm not a big brioche guy. Leave the brioche out. I go to a place that is, oh, the brioche bun. I don't want a brioche bun. But anyway, my point is, I want a burger that's so fatty and juicy that the minute I bite into it, it's just, it tastes heaven. Ah, oh, it's delicious. But I would, don't want to see on the menu next to it that this burger has 752 grams of fat. I don't care. I want to enjoy it. Leave me alone. But you see, the do-gooders, the feel-gooders, think that they have to be in my business all the time. Just stay out of my business. Leave me out of, leave, leave me, leave me alone. If the burger's contagious, whereas I eat the burger and I give you trans fats, well, then then maybe the government has a reason to get involved. If the vaccines don't prevent transmission, there's no reason for the government to start mandating them. And yet, the mindset, whether it's climate change or it's this, is control. And so to the point of, of, of banning fracking, going after coal, going after all these things, I mean, these, these things are political suicide for Democrats. But who's the base now of the Democrat Party? And there was a time when Democrats pretended like they cared about coal country. Remember? Hillary Clinton went down there, did her fake, I know, Bo. I know. This is after she got caught saying she was going to put a lot of coal miners out of work. See, that's what they really believe. And what has been the impact on coal country? If you have not watched the, um, the show Dope Sick on Hulu yet, the, the, the devastation on places in America where they wage the war on coal and the correlation between that and the opioid epidemic, I mean, you can't, you can't divorce the two. 
it's been the same thing with after NAFTA, too, after NAFTA and the trade deals. And these towns in America were devastated. And factories started closing and stores closed. And, and then there's an opioid epidemic that hits as the steel mills close and the coal plants close and the coal mines close. I mean, there's correlations here with all this stuff. But do you really think the average young person graduating from an Ivy League school who's just been fed four years of climate change hysteria gives a damn about a coal town in West Virginia? No, he doesn't. Maybe he'll go there one day for a long weekend and and, and be dismayed by the fact he can't find ricotta pancakes at brunch. That's about it. That's about the biggest interaction with West Virginia he might have. So thank God this senator from West Virginia actually gives a damn about those people in those coal towns. Thank God somebody does. And that's his job. Thank God he's doing it. 877-381-3811. The Mark Levin Show with me, Rich Zioli. In for the great one coming right back. Mark Levin. with you my fellow Levinites I am on Twitter at Rich Zioli I do host a morning show in Philadelphia though I'm going to be off until after the new year but I never say no to filling in for Mark I mean he's my buddy he got me into this business so I also do an afternoon podcast as well would love for you to subscribe to that if you'd be so kind Z-E-O-L-I let's take a couple more calls Uh, let's see here Ken in Warren Michigan hey Ken you're on the Mark Levin show Hey, uh, good evening. Great show. I, you know, with this Joe Manchin, I, God bless this man for just standing up for what's right. I have to believe, um, I, I would assume that they probably offered him anything and everything to get him to sign on a two trillion, which could have easily helped this state with the money. But the man had a backbone to stand up to this garbage. Folks, the complexities that our country is facing right now are extremely threatening to our way of life, our democracy, and, and, and freedom around the world. You know, you look at Russia, you look at what's happening with Russia, you look at what's happening with Taiwan, Hong Kong, China, and, and all these others. This is a very complex world. And I do not believe our congressional members understand these complexities. I, I just don't. Why are we arguing over stupidity like defunding the police. How well, I, th- I think they've stopped arguing about it. Ken, thanks for the call. Have a great night. I think they've stopped even up in Burlington, Vermont. This was great. This um, this idiot uh, lefty lunatic who was the guy behind the defund the police movement in Burlington, Vermont, now admits it's been a colossal failure. So I I, I don't think we're we're debating that anymore. I think I think the jury's out on that. That it's a disaster everywhere it's tried, everywhere it's tried. Hey, listen, Democrats are in trouble when you go and you fill up your tank and you realize it's 60 percent higher because of inflation, gas prices. And yes, it's not just jumbo lump crab meat. That's very true. Uh, This is what people are really thinking about. And then they see the crime issue, too. And they turn around and they think that crime is out of control because it is out of control. It's nuts. And they're and they're worried about it. And these are all Democrat policies that are coming back and, and biting him in the face. Aaron is in Billings, Montana. Aaron, you're on the Mark Levin show. Go ahead. Yes, Rich. Hi, Thanks Aaron. for taking my call. Hi. I just would like to um, add that as far as the research that I've done, uh, the globalists 
which are a lot of the elite, um, the reason why this whole globalization issue is so widespread is due to they make money off of it and they manipulate the hedge funds. So, I mean, one of the reasons why they hated Trump is because Trump affected their pocketbook because he was concerned about the greater good of mankind. And ultimately, it comes down, I think, to the elites and how they manipulate the stock markets and the hedge funds. And so I think for our citizens, it's just always going to remain an uphill battle. It always will. There's no doubt about that, Aaron. Thank you for the call and have a great night. I appreciate it. Look, this is why, and I spent a lot of time on this, obviously, on the show tonight, what Senator Joe Manchin did is so important because he fought for his state. He did the job he's required to do under the United States Constitution and the intent of the United States Senate, which is to be the advocate for his state, period. It's why he's there. And this is why it mattered so much and why I'm so glad he did what he did, because it's what was in the best interest of the people of West Virginia. And the rest of us benefit, which is also a great thing. Have a wonderful night. Have a very Merry Christmas. Have a Happy New Year. Thanks for letting me fill in for the great one, Mark Levin, tonight. I appreciate it. Thanks to Steve, my buddy Richie V, for hanging out as well. It's Rich Zioli in for the great one. Thank you. Thank you.